Hey everybody, welcome back to the Human Source Codex podcast. Today, Kelly and I jump into the subject or topic realm of values, values and priorities and the difference between reality and actuality. So if you know anything or have been listening to any of our episodes so far, axiology and teleology is really the why, the purpose that drives your life. But today we're going to go a little bit further deeper into the difference of values in between subjective reality and objective actuality. So we'll cue the theme song and we'll get into it. So the big question is this, how do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half-truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ben Trengrove and welcome to the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. Today Kelly and I are going to jump into the topics around um, axiology and this is some of my own selfish questioning as I, as I seek to get some clarity on some things between values and the difference between reality and actuality of values. So I started learning around axiology from uh, human behavior specialist, Dr. John Demartini. And of course, Kelly has her own um, direct experience and, and knowledge on axiology as well. So Kelly, I was, like I was saying before. What's your question, What's your question Benji? Like, yes. Yeah, so, I love your, I love your, I love your questions. They are continuous and never ending, you know, like they just, of they, course. you're like the, the source of questioning, like compulsory questioning. Seeking, 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 seeking that, truth. Love it. <laughs> it's that finite mind that wants some meaning and some answers. <laughs> exactly. For those that are listening or watching, um, I'm currently in quarantine back in my hometown in Christchurch, but I have some fabulous food and I essentially live from home when I was in Bali anyway. So it's not too much of a change except for the weather. So my, um, <clears throat> the question was how, around... How, how's that affecting your axiology by being in a mandatory quarantine, like being locked down? I know that I've been in that space myself. And so having the experience, but I, you know, just you've only been in there like 24 hours. So what's going on for you? In terms yeah, of I mean, at the start, like, to be honest, I'm not really phased at all. Like, I mean, I had my more of a routine when I was in Bali. I'd go to the gym in this morning, things like this. Maybe I'll start to notice after a few more days, but... Um, I'm a bit of a introvert hermit at times anyway. So it's kind of like I got up this morning, still had my coffee, went straight into a bit of research and learning, which I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Maybe I'll start to feel a bit more when I'm like, can't go where I want to, or if I feel compelled to want to be able to go somewhere, but I don't think it'll be an issue. Let's, let's recheck that. Let's yeah, recheck yeah. that sentiment like in a couple of days and uh, watch, watch as the energy actually gets stored inside of you. And being able, being contained and looking for a disbursement, right? Let's yeah, I'll probably have to go outside more often. Like I can have access to outside like 22 hours out of 24 hours or something. And I assume it's maybe this courtyard outside here. Maybe I just do laps around it. <laughs> that, that's what I had to do is actually like do laps around a courtyard. And I remember counting the tiles on the floor in the, in the, in the courtyard. But I could get a heart rate up because it had one step in it. So I learned to actually do, you know, like step jumping and, and oh, like, right. you know, being able to mo modify and adapt to the environment so that I could permeate and, and be able yeah. to move. Man, but I'll tell you what, it still had an effect on me. No matter what you say, it still has an effect yeah. because it, it's taking you outside your norm and being a really – Really, this would be great if you could check in in a couple of days and we can see how you're going in terms of your attachment to freedom, right? And, and your perception of being able to go wherever you need to be able to go, right? And when that arises, if you could just document it for me, like what is the emotion, what is the yeah, energy, yeah, yeah. feeling that's inside your body that's actually occurring? And then what do you do to be able to be able to work with that energy? Flow? energy. Essentially, I think that it'll be a lot it'd be much harder if I was a very social person and that, that craved like, and, and it was, was even more structured and the routine required like a real outside element, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, so maybe my naivety will run up. <laughs> we're out in a couple of days, but well, um, let's, just check it. 
anyhow, yeah. what's, yeah, your question? yeah. what's your questions this morning, Benji? So, so. I'd, I'd seen, um, obviously, you know, like I said, derived axiology from Dr. Martini first. So, you and I have been discussing this, mm -hmm. and um, we can say that voids drive our values or our priorities, what we value most in life. Mm -hmm. And um, you perceive, or you, you had mentioned that because my void was finances, they said, well, your highest, you value finances or wealth the most. I'm paraphrasing. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense from the voids, the value. And then I just happened to be watching um, one of John's videos this morning. And this woman, one of his clients was saying, look, you know, I'm, uh, wealth building is my highest value or wealth is my highest value and he goes oh, okay it's great what's your net worth at the moment and she goes well I just can't seem to save and he goes okay and she, and she goes like you know bills just keep coming up and the long story short he's like well it just seems like you have a value on learning about wealth building not actually wealth building so the fantasy was being created so my question is and I texted you this morning was around um, because voids are uh, perception based so through our subject of our reality and actuality is different if voids are reality do they create priorities and values that are a reality therefore what is the difference between our voids that are and values that are reality and actuality okay cool cool question um first of all you know i love um John Martini's work, you know, I've been an avid student of his for many, many years as well. And, you know, facilitated work with him around the globe. And so, uh, you know, John has a, a really in-depth knowledge around axiology and teleology. And um, what he can actually teach is quite masterful, right? So uh, he's definitely one of my mentors when it comes to actually learning this particular philosophy. But um, there is also many others that I've actually learned from as well too. You know, we can go back to, the, to many of the great philosophers like Plato and Aristotle and Socrates and even some of the great psychological uh, philosophers as well as like William James and Schopenhauer. And there's this another guy called Edward Eninger who I love as well. So there's a multitude of different mentors or, you know, uh, teachers that I've actually derived this information from and John's just one of them too as well so um, getting getting into like looking at your question Ben it is when we see uh, actuality in our axiology it means that we have taken a look at both sides or the pairs of opposites to be able to derive the outcome right and remembering that axiology and teleology are in, in, entangled with each other they're not separated in time and space. So I think it's very important to understand that there is a nesting that is occurring with um, axiology inside teleology. So axiology is like the driving force into your teleology and it is the pathway. It's the empty pathway towards your telos. Now, when we are on that pathway, to have actuality is to be in full truth to yourself in what it is to achieve that particular pathway. So it is to look objectively at each aspect of what is required to achieve your end in mind, right? So to me, that is the truth of uh, what we call actuality. The other side is reality. Now, this may be a little confusing because like the human mind has been taught to actually think reality is what we actually feel, filter and what we actually see through our senses, right? But if we go deeper at a quantum level and uh, then we step into the realms of actu actuality and that is to actually see that there is a constant tension between the pairs of opposites. So when, we, when we're deriving our goals, which so goals are actually also, we could say could be the pathway to our telos, wisdom is to actually look at each goal to have uh, a tension between the pairs of opposites. So that is to actually see a positive and a negative, a pro or a con, uh, a benefit or a drawback in everything that we actually plan on our pathway towards our telos. Now that is actuality because in, 
in actuality, there is no separation between those two things. But in reality, in our senses, we are actually draw, driven from our animal nature, which wants to actually only see and feel and experience one side, right? And we could also add on top of that, that the social, social idealisms and social uh, injections and projections that are uh, driven or taught us to only want to experience one side. But we come back to actuality, then we see that really those two sides of feeling, positive and negative, are not separated at all in space and time. It's only our mind that actually separates them. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a mouthful, but I hope it made sense. <laughs> it makes it makes it makes sense for me. So, um, and again, read it. You know, we can also define. I believe um, reality is subjective. Actuality is objective. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So, so, do you want to do you want to just do you know like explain to the, to those that may not understand what subjectivity and objectivity is in um, in the simplest form? Okay, so my, my version of it is, is subjective reality is where you're conscious to one side and unconscious to the other side. So, for example, you may be uh, to something that you, let's just say a fantasy, you're conscious to the upsides and you're unconscious to the downsides. And anytime you're experiencing something like a nightmare, something's going wrong, you resent, you're conscious to the downsides, you're unconscious to the upsides, right? And then objectivity is where you're basically... Um, yeah, when, when you can see both sides and this is where you then have a poised mind but because we get brought up in a society that, that is just so subjective just subjective <laughs> um it's it's uh, when you first hear this it's extremely um foreign challenging, challenging to think that there is uh two sides and when i start to talk to certain people that don't know this I find it quite challenging to start because I'm like, well, when an event happens, it just, it's just neutral. It's just happening. It's only when the human mind interacts with that event, something happens that we then label it and judge it. Right. Yeah. But again, yeah. We which, which is, which is, it's beautiful. Like it's nature's way of protecting and it's nature's way of actually um, keeping people grounded. Right. Because there is an aspect of, uh, unconsciousness that is required or we must actually let me reframe that for us to be uh in this existential form in any given moment we're going to go from uh consciousness to unconsciousness right because the mind requires a contrast to actually create consciousness and it's only those that have an understanding of being able to integrate the pairs of opposites that brings them to a full consciousness or a super conscious uh uh expressional behavior but the majority of the majority of people don't have that concept right so if we think about nature is a pouring a vacuum that all things are actually necessary in in the whole from a holistic perspective there is also a requirement for a certain percentage of of humanity to actually remain unconscious right because that's also gravitational in nature so it keeps a grounding force right to the earth and to the planet and if we if we had most people that were highly conscious or super conscious, then, you know, that would be really interesting to me to actually see what would actually occur in that state of being, right? Because we know in the, in the essence, when we go back to quantum physics or physics, is that when we uh, integrate pairs of opposites, say a proton electron, that creates a uh, boson or a photon. So it's a high vibrational wave particle. And... Um, you know, what would happen if every person on the planet was in that state of being? I just don't think that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Would universal laws even allow that to happen? I don't think so, right? So we take that, we take that, um, that nesting of universal law and we have to look at the, the, the laws of heuristic escalation that for every person that is conscious, there has to be one that is unconscious, right? Exactly. So that's holding the, the tension between the opposites at that state of being too as well. Yeah. So, you know, it becomes a preference whether you want to be conscious or unconscious, you know, once you have this understanding or knowledge and how yeah. you can actually uh, utilise it or move with it. Yeah. So it, sometimes, it, sometimes I think 
you know, like, what the fuck, you know, like, I just want to be, I, I just would love to be unconscious and just be, you know, like I call it, I just want to go back out there and just be, be normal sometimes with the masses instead of having this understanding, because it, it is also a curse as well as it is a blessing to actually have this, this understanding. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, yeah, there's many times where I, even in, in my marketing or, or messaging or where I want to take things, I, I find myself in quite a few paradoxes because I'm like, let me, let me do mass, mass marketing messaging to, you know, quote unquote, the unconscious so that I can get them into my programs and, and, and make, perhaps make them more aware. But at the same time in that is the paradox of not wanting to use certain messaging or even though I know it serves, it becomes quite a paradox for me to kind of reconcile. But um, yeah, it, it does become, becoming more and more conscious also comes with the burden of, or the burden and blessing of more and more responsibility. <laughs> well, it does. Responsibility and accountability, right? To recreating productivity and um, in, in the co-creation. yourself. I mean, there's a no, bliss. No, there's, no. There's a bliss in being able to lie to yourself or blame others or mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And it might not even be taking responsibility financially. I think the biggest, if you call it burden for me, has been responsibility in the terms of, psychology Very because much. you're not bullshit you, you know you well, can't bullshit yourself well i mean let, let's go back and, and look at your original you know construct of your question that you sent uh you know and it's one that you've had for quite a time is if you attach the wealth building to it right and so if i if we attach the wealth building and like the financial void that you're experiencing potentially nice butt crack mate nice butt crack <laughs> <laughs> you just got a plumber's crack on on our like you're watching on youtube this is perfect because this is humanity no, you, you, were, you were talking you were talking so it would have been speaker's view so it's all good <laughs> okay right well i got to see it um, i just totally lost my train of thought like right now that there was a pattern interrupt because you keep talking so <laughs> great, great pattern interrupt <laughs> uh well let, let me Back to wealth building, like the majority of the majority of humans on the planet are, are in that space, right? Are consistently driven by wealth building or you know finances or the void of not having enough in their perception in terms of money to be able to give them the lifestyle that they need or want, right? So um, we have to look at that in terms of actuality, right? in looking at the drawbacks of actually creating wealth and the benefits to actually having it. So we want to see both sides of that. Um, but let's go back in and look at the questioning behind your thing, because you didn't perceive that you had a void in wealth building. <clears throat> Great. So you have known me and, the, mm. and, you, and you said, again, paraphrasing along the lines of, well, you perceive quite a strong void on finances. Therefore, that must be one of, or if not the highest value. Then when I go back to the paradigm of John's way, he explains it along the woman, you know, again, this woman said, you know, well, my values have shown that I value wealth or wealth building or finance or something like that. And he goes, great. What's your net worth? Ask all these questions, which led to that. She loved to study and research around the realms of finance or wealth, but was not actually taking action. So then through his paradigm, would be that well if you're researching something great you have a value on learning it but you do not have a value on the the actions now i have a real a big bias towards um great if you have a value on learning something but action to fulfilling that shows a greater value on you know whether it's labels or, or how you categorize it this is what i you know where i get really get into the detail of how to yeah. define axiology I've been working well, on. Well, let, let's just, just, just look at that for a second, is that realistically, you know, like humans love to tell you shit, right? And it's all, you know, half-truths, right? The, the shit that rolls out of their mouth is half-truths, half, half, you know, half the time. Sure. So the way that you determine a person's uh, true essence of what their axiology or their values is, is to observe their actions. What yes. do they do, right? What are they actually drawn to? What do they do? How do they... How do they actually express like through the expression? What do they actually give energy to and then energy out towards? So in, that is where you would see objectivity in determining a person's axiology or values, right? 
Okay, so then that would, I'd say, because we've all, we, you, John, and I, and plus others have probably determined our own questions. So then, then I would seek to put in a question, how, how are you demonstrating that? Because if I did have that question in the values hierarchy, I, finance wouldn't show up as my highest. I would say that I have a value on learning it, but as far as, um, well, I'm not even studying it, right? So even for you knowing me and to say, well, you have a void on finances, therefore it's a higher value, I would still question that. Mm -hmm. So how well, is that is is because you know, like in the essence of knowing you, is that your <laughs> your pain point, right? Yes. You're consistently toy or you know, like oh, fuck, I'm gonna need to make some money or whatever, you know, yeah. is consistently coming up, right? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't I, and because I have observed you in the last six months too as well, there is a consistency in your effort to be able to create certain things that is attached to uh, a monetary form of fair exchange, right? right. And yep. then knowing that your creation for that is also balanced with the expectation of the fair exchange receivable of money. <clears throat> Right, is it and like I'm not trying so to create assets? I, then, exactly, exactly. So therefore, you know, your perception of wealth building may be too far out into, well, you know, I have to get a property or, you know, create these assets, et cetera, et cetera. But right. in, in where it is at the moment in the, in the simplest form is in your co-creation and creation of programs and products is to offer a service through your research that you have done and then to create something to be able to give back. And you do do that. So, you know, this is where I say to the majority of my clients is like, don't bullshit to yourself and mm. look at like where you are doing these particular things in your actions because you are and you have done. And uh, in, the, in, the ex, in the essence of fair exchange for you know, the energy of money return. Yeah, <laughs> such a nuance though, isn't it? Such a subtleness because... Mm -hmm. You know, if and I, and I don't know because John was only talking at surface level, but for him, for example, say for example, this woman put him on a pedestal, and he's like, "No, you don't value wealth creation; you value learning it." And she's like, "Oh shit, okay, you're right." What if she was actually demonstrating in different forms, but it wasn't actually acknowledged, and therefore she goes away on a tangent or off on another tra tra trajectory? Okay, sure, everything serves. Whereas she might not have needed to, she just might have needed tweaking in a couple of areas. Well, I guess that's why he's private consults, right? He's not going to give away all his good stuff for nothing on, on those particular things, right? So, but, and, yeah. and in the essence of, uh, you know, allowing people to have the experience so that they really do create a void is also uh, a, a beautiful place to, to have somebody in because then they have knowledge plus experience and then they get the gnosis from it so therefore they'll they'll go further and further with that and what um what most people are looking for is for somebody on the outside to actually come in and actually appease their particular pain that they have like taking taking a drug to actually get rid of a headache right so um, but in the essence of a, uh, like a sage or one a great master is going to to lead their student to their own answer yeah it's, it's it's funny you just touched on that as far as support goes i think you said something about support just now did I? or is that just to pop into your head <laughs> i think it did or something like that anyway because the reason i say that was um so i have to be back in Christchurch for at least 90 days in order to get free quarantine otherwise i pay three thousand dollars and um for whatever reason i thought it'd be wisdom to reach out to my parents who i'm going to be staying at and say hey look i think it might be wise for you guys to charge me board and um and and i said how does 200 a week sound and she goes why and i just basically went into the explanation of knowing that if i stay in christchurch and stay living with my parents for now it is such an, an over supported environment of where in reality or the world do you get food for nothing rent for nothing support from people for nothing so I was going to attract some form of challenge and maybe not in any area that I wanted. So I was like, okay, and, and whether I have the, you know, whether I'm working on my 
business or what I'm doing for work in order to pay for that. She goes, you know, where are you going to get that from? I said, well, I'll have to find a way. So I kind of had to, um, I don't know what the word is, trump or put myself into a corner to know that I, I'll need to produce or I'll need to find the way. Um, but again, in setting that, that situation up, I have to be more responsible to myself because well, it's easy to get off my, my parents. They, if they don't pay one week, they'll be like, oh, you know, it's okay. So that need, that responsibility also needs to be there, you know, accountability. Well, it is it, great because you're creating cause and effect, <clears throat> cause and effect for yourself, right? And you have this consciousness to understand exactly that if you're over-supported, you're going to get outside challenge from, from elsewhere. So wisdom is to be able to create your own essence of challenge. And you've chosen that area of, you know, monetary form to actually, again, which is showing me that you have value in, in wealth building and wealth creation because you are now consciously, yeah, you're, you're consciously creating a void for yourself to be able to actually fulfill that void, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the majority of people would go, like, what the fuck, Ben? You know, like, just, you know, go there, lap it up with your parents and, you know, save your money or whatever. But, you know, that's being pulled into the hedonic uh, nature of, you know, avoiding pain and seeking pleasure within us. But when we're conscious enough and we can create our own pain and we're, we're the, the cause of that, then we have mastery over our own lives, right? Because we're, we're actually inner directed. We're not being outer directed. Mm. So uh, wisdom, wisdom is within that to, to give yourself enough of a void to be able to actually drive drive that wealth creation for you yeah and, mm. I, and I also have to though and we're holding just, yourself accountable yeah because it's again when you only the, the more and more I kind of especially on on an entrepreneurial self-employment or whatever that that what do you want to label that journey looks like as I looked at like people that I look up to or just people in that realm you know I go to the I go to the I go to the icons in the space you know Tony Robbins Grant Cundone Gary Vee and all these one thing that they all quite often have in common is they had no access to a backstop. So, you know, Tony Robbins was brought up poor. He had, you know, couldn't rely on his parents or let his mum. Grant Cardone come out of drugs. His mum wasn't financially, you know, Gary Vee, same thing. A lot of these people that I looked up to, they didn't have this backstop where my situation, you say John Martini didn't have this backstop. With me, as I tried to seek out my different, you know, who do I want to be and work for myself, was through my 20s, um, whether I liked it or my parents liked it or not, I had a backstop. It was extremely hard to burn my boats because as much as I would hate to go back to my parents or they were like, you know, I'm sick of this shit, they were still there, you know? So, and this is where I've discussed it with you, Kelly, like, for those that do have a backstop and those that do have the support through family or whoever, how do you, you know, it's, that's when you don't have the backstop, but the why needs to become, the purpose needs to become stronger than the backstop. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, those that have backstops are, you know, over-supported as such, right? But, that has its drawbacks as well because you start to actually observe in terms of behavioural characteristics this, this tendency towards um, uh, juvenile dependency, right? You, you stay childlike and you stay dependent. It's a massive drawback. For those that yeah. don't, will be like, like, I would love to have that. Like, trust me, from someone that, that comes from my situation, it's, yes, it, it, or it has been helpful for sure, but it's, it's also if you're trying to have an entrepreneurial or self-employment journey or something like that, it's it's uh, it really is a crux. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because you're continually going to look for rescuing when the shit hits the fan or you know things don't turn out. Instead of actually utilizing your own mind to be able to um, reconcile particular paradoxes or problems that actually do occur, right? So it's, 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 again, it's looking for an extrinsic source to actually rectify or reconcile a problem that you've created. But uh, the, the greatest sense of self-mastery is to actually uh, look 
inside yourself to be able to and be accountable responsible to your own actions right your actions and your decision making processes and your preferences and hold yourself accountable and responsible to it right you know we all get caught up in putting people on pedestals and saying we're not i wish i had that and they were they you know they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth etc etc so you know just be careful what you're actually labeling and I love the fact that you've gone in and researched these particular guys have got themselves to this place and being able to uh, come from nothing to make something of that, right? And that's where most entrepreneurs are actually born from, right? It's, it's you know, it's totally different to the corporate aspect of such, right? They, they are self-driven, self-actualized. That's the true essence of self-actualization is to actually be counter-responsible to the causation of your, your own effect in everything that you that you mm. do or uh, want to create. You like, know, like for, for myself, like I, I was not born into wealth either. And it, we could say like it's it's actually uh, been a pathway that and, and everything that I've just mentioned, I have experienced in terms of emotion and expression and labeling and judging others and wishing and then you know having meltdowns about certain things that just haven't occurred for me and and look at, and saying like why is this so particularly hard um but I, I then i go back into like what's the benefits of being an entrepreneur uh, and self-made in the essence i don't have a backstop i never have had a backstop or in the essence in terms of you know, like financial wealth from parents, et cetera, or uh, inheritances or all, all those particular things, you know, that we tend to label as uh, helpful to the growth in terms of people, in terms of our lives. But uh, so it has been an interesting journey to be able to create the essence of, you know, companies that I have and, and, and create the, the wealth and property that I have also too as well. But it is holding yourself accountable and responsible. And when, when those emotions come up like, oh, my God, this is so fucking hard, is really sitting in the essence of exactly what you're talking about. What is my why, right? What is my why? Why am I doing this? Why am I, what's my purpose? Like, What's a driving force of me continually continually like in co-creation with in the essence of life for humanity now for me it's not in the essence of creating and gathering a multitude of materialistic things mine is beyond that but those are the essence of of what we actually require they i look at them as vehicles or uh, vessels on the journey of of our why right mm -hmm they are required, like we could say a business is a vessel or a vehicle. So, you know, like you create an asset within a business or uh, properties are also those particular things. But I don't have the attachment that most people would have to them. Does that make sense, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy, you know, like 10 properties to actually increase my wealth so that I could say I have 10 properties. It's not that. Mm, 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 for sure and I think it's like I'm, because I've you know I've had my different perceived struggles you know I'm, I'm have become quite neurotic with this why because you know I wrote a post on my Facebook the other day about it and how you know you go Google search now just the word how and how many trillions I think it's about 14 trillion searches of people have searched word, word how in it and then just type in why and there's about an eight trillion difference and my post talks about it more but um where i was you know so i've become neurotic with why because i have perceived that i've been struggling to achieve what i wanted for for so long and there's different reasons for that and having a backstop is one of them if you don't if you have a backstop and you're an employee you just have different challenges right because at least you're driving an income consistently you know and it's they're just different challenges to someone that's trying to work for themselves or develop a business and where I'm going with that is um, with the why, going to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualization is near the top, if not the top. 
and down the bottom is survival. If you're an entrepreneur or someone that's self-employed and you're down the bottom in survival, how do you, how do you suggest someone steps out of survival and cultivates the strong purpose? Why? When they're like, they're either person A, fuck, I need to pay my bills and survive. Or your person B, like, fuck, I need to pay my bills and survive, but I have a backstop. Well, like going back to that, all, all parts are actually required in the holistic system in terms of consciousness. And um, let's just say for all sentient beings on the planet, right, in terms of universal aspect. So, um, again, that's absolutely needed for, though, for, the, for people to actually be in like day-to-day living because they're not aware. And that's okay. That's completely okay. You know, there's levels of awareness, just like Maslow's hierarchies of needs, right? There's also levels of consciousness and they're also intertwined or entangled within um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Self-actualization is for the higher consciousness beings, right? But then, but then uh, the survival aspect is for lower consciousness and it's required. You can see that they're two parts of the pole. They're not separated and they're actually still holding the tension between each other. So, but for, for those that have, you know, like they feel like there's something more for them and they have a yearning and they start seeking, then that's where education actually comes in, right? And that's where uh, research and knowledge and understanding is going to take that consciousness and that awareness and the intellect to a higher state of being. And so, therefore, it's going to lead you towards that self-mastery or that self-actualization. And poten- potentially along the way, you start to actually open up your, your awareness to understanding that when you get to that uh, uh, self-actualization, you're in a legacy state. So it is, it is beyond like the day-to-day living. It's beyond the week-to-week living, the month-to-month living. Those three are actually survival mechanisms or survival living. It is planning and being able to actually uh, really prepare for future, but not just your future, like the collective future. Yes. If if you nest your why into that, then it gives you a greater sense of meaning and purpose for actually being here. And the difference is, is that those at the the lower layers, and I'm not saying it's wrong, it's it's part of it, right? And just as you evolve, you're still going to have those lower layers within you, you're not going to transcend them. They must come with you. Does that make sense? So it's, it's giving you the opportunity to actually open your sense of awareness or um, your spheres of awareness to create a legacy beyond you. Hmm. But I, and, and, and listening to that and, and now from my direct experience, I believe people make the mistake to then learn they set goals too far out or too big. Now, when someone has a low level of achievement, meaning because they set big goals and they self-defeat because they're either trying to achieve something that's not, they don't truly value, so then you lower your self-worth and esteem. The, the, the interesting part in that, the self-deprecation or the self-defeating is just a feedback mechanism well, to let you know I'm, that you've done that, right? I'm talking about someone that's not conscious though, right? Mm, so this is where education and knowledge comes in to be able to reveal that to those. And people don't know what they don't know, right? They're, they're just doing, they're living the best they can with the knowledge that they have. So, you know, it, it's, it's opening up. This is why we're doing these podcasts. Like we're, we're, we want to actually help people to actually increase their intellectual uh, ability to actually uh, expand their awareness, to be able to expand their potential. You know, that's the part of the legacy of my why of being able to to give back to humanity, right? Mm. <clears throat> totally. And, and I think that that's why, because I perceive I'm at a survival level and whatever, you know, everyone's got different perceptions. You know, someone could be a multimillionaire and perceive they're still in survival, right? Because they want to expand. But, you know, my level of, of survival, it's, it's, I'm not in that legacy stage. Therefore, if you're, if, if anyone's a self, self-employed entrepreneur and they're down the bottom of survival mode. Can I, can I just stop you for a second, right? 
is that now one, your axiology is showing up in your attachment to the perception that you don't have the money to be in a legacy mode. That's bullshit, right? Right. Uh, you're, you're on a podcast here right now having a conversation which will reach the many to create an educational component to raise awareness and intellect. Mm -hmm. So are you not giving back in terms of legacy at the moment? Sure, in that form. Okay, great. So this is great because now we can go to Plato's theory of forms is that we change our perception and start to look at the different forms of the label that we're actually attaching to. Then we start to see that in actuality, it's happening. Okay, great. Let me take that one step further then. <laughs> On Plato's form, this is where people get fucked up <laughs> in labels, right? And when I started learning this first through Dr. John Martini's work, he'll say, you know, let's just say, um, okay, we'll use me as, as an example, value finance or wealth, therefore I lock up to people that have it in the entrepreneurial space because I want to be an entrepreneur work for self, right? If I don't have it, it's because I'm labeling it or looking straight at my bank account or looking straight in some kind of form of a finance. Now, what you're saying and, and, and this is expanding your consciousness now, is where do you have a form of financial wealth? It could be just hidden under a different label that you didn't perceive because you have a subjective bias. Can you give me an example of what can be deemed as financial wealth, not under the label commonly put under financial wealth? That makes sense? Yeah. Or, or so it is in, in, in the essence that nothing is missing, right? It's just in a different form and you're not seeing it because you're attached to the form that you perceive that is either being ejected or projected into you or upon you of the mm -hmm. way it should be, right? And so this is a lot of social indoctrination is seeing that is, you know, we're all attached to the way that we perceive success is in monetary value, right? So that becomes the, you know, like the markup is, you know, if you have a million dollars in the bank, so therefore you must be financially wealthy or successful. Well, okay, I can also say is, okay, let's take that. If you don't have that in a cash form, where do you have it in another form to the value of a million dollars, right? What kind of knowledge and education do you have, right? And what's that worth to you? And how you do it. Yeah, exactly. So it's changing the form, the perception of the form. And giving and then, it a value though. Yeah, because that, that is basically, you know, where most people actually operate from is that from a monetary, from that monetary value, right? Mm -hmm. So it, we, can, we can go and look at, at like what other assets do you have in terms of perception? We can also call them assets, right? What other, what other intellectual property do you have that could be determined as an asset? Or what other, what other assets do you actually, you know, have that we can put a monetary value on it? Because that's the social norm that we actually derive success from, right? Yeah. It is so, a, it is a and then when we actually do that, we see it in a different form. What is actually, what actually occurs is actually if we start to realize our value. We start to realize and then it raises our self-worth because it's actually affecting the emotional energy within inside of us it's releasing us from the attachment or the perception of the attachment of the form that we perceive that it should be you know then we realize that that's an injection and then we open up a sphere of awareness to actually see the abundance of all these other assets that are available to us they're just in different forms right mm -hmm. and for me the, the sole purpose of doing that exercise is to quieten the mind so you can take action and actually achieve that mm -hmm. which you do desire. So again, it's not to say, it's not to go, like I was going to say another example before, is if you have a high value on family and you are looking and you are, you do also have a void on finances, is to kind of go, what truly sit in it? What are your children worth to you? And try <laughs> your best to come up with a monetary value or your spouse or your, or your, or, your or ask the question, you know, like if your children were kidnapped, what ransom would you be prepared to pay to actually get them back? And then that will determine your worth, that what the worth or the value that you put on your children, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that one's quite easy to do for finance. 
-hmm. what if you are another great one is you know a lot of people struggle with their health and let's just call it weight loss what how would you what how can you change what's the form so some people might be actually very financially wealthy but have horrible oh well you know debilitating health so where would you how and what because i haven't done this one before so i'm asking you and what way do you go and do that for health then that doesn't have a same metric to it like a monetary well we could say no it does everything has a metric to it in the perception of what you're actually attached to or subordinating to right so you may perceive that 65 kilos and a fit body is your metric right mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, the next person next to us might think, oh, you know, 120 kilos and a, and a plump body is the metric, right? Mm -hmm. Or et cetera, you know, like a very slimline, streamlined, like yoga body is the metric. So it's determining that, like, what's the value to you and your perception of what your metric is going to be derived from? Okay. So say, let's just say, I'll use me for people for an example then. Say I want to be, um, I, I believe health is... Um, you know 80 kilo let's just stop eating cheeseburgers then <laughs> what do you mean i don't eat cheeseburgers um 80, 80 kilo how would i then go um where do i have the form what of health of 80 kilos for me that doesn't make sense to try and create a label and a form in another area of that okay so so what then i'd ask you like what is your goal that you're actually trying to achieve like what is your perception in your mind of if you're trying to get to the, or, just, or, you're trying to get to the or, end yeah, exactly. Or who are you comparing yourself to, right? Because you're you are you're comparing yourself to somebody that you should be, so like that, right? So what is your, who is your comparison? Mm -hmm. Who are you, who are you actually subordinating to, mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of health? Mm -hmm. who, who is it? Um. <laughs> What's well, it's an unrealistic comparison. <laughs> Okay, great. Who is it? Because this is going to determine the level of emotionality and your frustration and hesitation to get there because you probably put it way outside that it's unachievable. And in, 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 in actuality, right? So we've got to break it down into the subset of parts. And then I could yeah. take it from a quantum physics level, break yeah. it down in the subset of parts and, and show you exactly where you have that. Yeah, okay. So this is when... We, working with you and I or working with you it, it, there's an answer to it but there's many layers to it because again it's even though we could have given that that quick monetary one that was a good example when it comes to say health we need to derive what the parts are subcomponents are and then where are those subcomponents does this make sense yes. so would you be able to give me an example of a subcomponent of health and then how you could relate that to maybe like oh it shows up in this form of area of life does it make sense I probably could, but in depth, it would, it would, we would have to go in depth and break it down into the subset of parts, right? So if you want to look at, like in the essence of knowing you, like your health components that you do work in, you, know, you drink water from this strange bottle that tells you how much water you've drunk every day. I love tracking my, my ring, yeah, my aura ring. Exactly. So you drink yeah, yeah, yeah. That finger yeah. is... <laughs> So you have your, your ring that, that tracks everything for you, yes. right? And um, so then we could also look at the measuring component in terms of energy and vitality, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just work with that for a minute. Mm -hmm. So if you were to, to be in comparison to somebody that you're saying is healthy, mm -hmm. then wouldn't it be wise to actually look like at the energy and vitality component that they're actually emitting? Mm. Mm -hmm. because because if you chose to uh you know compare to somebody that wasn't very healthy what would be their energy and essence or vitality that they would be admitting they'd be pretty yeah, dense wave frequency right but can you not find the form in another another area without doing the who you're comparison to though well it is in another area i'm just taking into quantum physics so, because we did the example. wave particle and a wave frequency, and but we and, just did it with yes, yeah. So, how do we do it with another area of life that's not money? <clears throat> so, where is your health in family? Got it. Oh, okay. Uh, what's my, so? What's that language look like though? 
is my health and my family. Where is the entanglement and interconnectedness and the intimacy in family that's healthy? Got it. Okay. And then you could say finances. Where's the health and fight in your finances? Okay. Example. Exactly. Then. Okay. So if you've got two, because I haven't mm. done this with you before, this is interesting. If I have not done, if I have a void on health and finances and I go, okay, where's the health of my finances? And let's just say I do a weekly cash flow tracking mm -hmm. sheet. That mm -hmm. could be all oh, the health is in doing that, 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 that exercise on a week. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Like where's the health in your relationship and your home life? And where is the health like in your business and your career or your vocation? And right. um, also where is the health in terms of your mindset and the wisdom that you may be, you know, securing? Yeah. Um, where is the health in, in your influence and leadership and, and social dynamics? Okay, you know, okay so now we need to help. Yeah. So, now we, so we need to help people, though, because <laughs> this is becomes dense. They go health, like what? The, the language is difficult for that. So we could def, we could break down health into where's the vitality, where's the energy, where's the, you know, even if you go, you guys listening, go to health. I, I would I would much prefer to use that languaging, right? The vitality and the energy, the expression of energy that you have within, within, you know, like your physical being and where is that actually being in other areas of life as well, being expressed. So I think that's much easier to answer that question. Where's the energy and vitality in your family dynamic? Where's the, if, if you do have a sort of void on finances, well, where is currently the energy and vitality in that? There's mm -hmm. an easy question to answer, then where's the health? So mm -hmm. you guys listening, this is what you can start to do when you start to go oh well, I don't, i'm not healthy or yeah but well, i'm just i don't have any finances to go away and look at other areas of your life to ask kind of these questions but kelly goes into much more depth of this i'll probably start to um create my own framework around around this and, 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 and you might have a different view kelly but my view of doing oh i don't have it and then going away and looking the form in my perception only reason to do that is to then go um, raise your worth that you do have in other areas of life but to also calm the mind so you're less manic and you're less you know towards a fantasy because you don't have something because when you have a quiet mind you're more susceptible to taking the action required to get to your goal and your outcome if you're manic and you're elated or down yep. you're, you, you're in avoidance you're or seeking <clears throat> yeah very much so and you know like in our um, Inception Masterclass series, like we go deeper into understanding what's actually occurring in terms of neuroscience when we are finding the other forms, what's happening to you in your energy and vitality. So we go deeper into the construct of that and understanding and having the knowledge and the reason behind the benefits to you actually finding the other forms. Yeah, I'm glad we touched on that. Awesome. Also, okay. Perfect. Great talk. I think next time we'll touch on, um, you know, I watched a cool movie called The Tenet that I don't think, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm talking to you. Um, our Tenet is around uh, um, time travel. And because Kelly and I, or especially Kelly, have gone much deeper into the realms of um, quantum physics and metaphysics, I was, I was thought that it could have just been a fun conversation piece to, oh. to discuss that. All right, sounds like fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. peeps, people, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Human Source Codex podcast. And uh, next time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Ciao.